Paula told me this morning when she came through the door, she felt the awesome power and the presence of God. And that's exciting to hear because we don't want people to think that they have to wait until they get into this room. Amen. We can feel them in our cars, in our living room, anywhere. Amen. He is in the house and we are thankful. Let's raise our hands to him, submit ourselves to him, his will, his plan, his way. Amen. We worship you, Jesus. We thank you for strength, for health in our bodies, for being able to be in your house today with the body of Christ. Lord, we know that we can experience your presence everywhere, but when we are together with our brothers and sisters, something special happens, and you designed it that way, Lord. And so, God, we are asking you to have your way, that there would be complete liberty in this house to, Lord, give your word, but also to hear, receive, and to walk it out. God, I ask that you would give our pastor absolute liberty in the Holy Ghost. No hold bar, Lord God, that you would just release him to deliver your word into this house in a new, Bradley, a a new and powerful way. We thank you, Jesus. We come to worship you because you alone are worthy, because you are King of kings and Lord of lords, because you are all in all. And when we have a question, you are already the answer. We praise and we thank you, Jesus. We bless your name, God. We bless your name, Jesus. Lost our faith, find their way at the sound of your great name. All condemned, feel no
Praise God. Praise God. We want to welcome our visitors today. We want to encourage you. You are in a safe place. We're just really excited about Jesus. And we want you to feel at home in his presence. We want you to receive all that he has for you. We're very excited about what he has planned because he always has a plan. And we want to be in line with him. Amen. I'm thankful for the awesome goodness of God. Thank you, Jesus. I love you, Lord. Oh, your mercy never fails me all my days. I've been held in your hands from the moment that I wake up until I lay my head. Oh, I will sing. Of the goodness of God. All my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been so, so good. Every breath that I have made. Oh, I will sing of the goodness of God. I love your voice. You have led me through the fire in darkest night. You are close like no other. I know you as a father. I've known you as a friend, and I have lived in the goodness of God. All my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been so, so. Oh, I will see of the goodness. 
face, his word tells us who he is. And it tells us he never leaves or forsakes us. And every victory is because of him. This song says every victory is yours. Every victory is yours. The battle is the Lord's. So if you're battling in your flesh today and you're not winning, because we usually don't when we battle in the flesh, he's victorious. And if you're standing in him, you're victorious. Amen? Are you ready to see what only God can do? Even in our tragedy? Are you ready to see what he can take and go, yes, you thought it was ashes, but I'm going to turn it into beauty. Come on! You see dry bones. Get ready to see a man running. Praise God. Are you up for it? I'm ready. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. We will lift our eyes. We won't fear the price. There is one who's stronger. Hard pressed on each side. We will not lose sight of the one who's greater. One day. One day holds every victory. One voice that silences the 
But the Bible says the battle's not yours to fight. So if you're fighting your battle, I hate to tell you, but you're fighting the wrong battle. You need to fight his battle. Let him do the fighting for you. Just before you're seated uh, and listening to Trish this morning, she made a statement that I, I, I went and I wrote something down. And then we're going to pray over today's message after I say this. But she was talking about fitting in fitting into the world and fitting into the concepts and the mind, uh, the constructs of our world around us. And she said, if you're sitting in, or if you're fitting in, then you're not sitting in. If you're fitting in, you're not sitting in. But the problem is, let me rephrase it. If you're fitting in, you're sitting in. But God did not call us to sit. He called us to stand. And we will not be a church that fits in because we're not willing to sit in the kingdom of this world and we are standing in the kingdom of that which is to come. I believe that wholeheartedly in Jesus' name. You can be seated. Elaine, if you'll put that first. I did not know what my wife was going to speak on until I read her notes before church. But I made this last week. Or last night, late at night, the building of what God is doing. And he has given us some building blocks to unlock a new dimension. Now, I went back and I did the math, and there were actually nine Sundays leading up to September 12th since I've started this, I'm not even going to call it a series, but this boot camp that we've talked about. And uh, I found it interesting that the number nine is the number of completion. I know number seven is the number of perfection, but number nine is the number of completion. It was the ninth hour when Jesus says, it is finished. <clears throat> and so I, I want to encourage you that what is happening is something that is powerful. It is changing us. It is forming us and framing us, not for an end game, but for the beginning of something new. He is getting ready to unlock us and allow us as a church and as believers to step into a dimension of his kingdom that at least we, I'm not going to say there hasn't been another church that's done it, but as far as spirit of grace is concerned, we've never stepped into this. This is going to be all brand new to us. And I, I don't know the full picture of what all that looks like, but it was confirmed again just a few minutes ago by one of the people that teach in, in our adult Sunday school classes and, and what God has been laying on his heart in preparation for the next time he speaks. And, and that is we are eternal beings and we live in an eternal kingdom now. The kingdom of heaven is now. It's not when the rapture takes place. We get consumed with the rapture, but God is trying to say to us today, no, 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 it's not about when I come and take you home. It's about when you allow me to use you for my kingdom on earth. After all, I did teach you to pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And so God is ushering us through these topics 
of boot camp, which is get these things straight so that he can unlock a new dimension. And, uh, and on September 12th, we have Pastor Jonathan Suber coming to be with us. Now, he and I have not talked, but they are in a building program, and they have started a series in their church. What's that? Say? Build the house. And uh, I know that they're, they're talking on a spiritual level as well, and they're, they're in that where we were a few years ago in, in building our building, and we took the spiritual journey. That's what they're doing now. But how appropriate does God line up his heart, our heart, what God is doing? And, and I believe this, that when he gets here on that Sunday, there is going to be some prophetic word over us that releases us into things that we never dreamed of being released into. If we get these other things taken care of before he gets there. Now, it's been asked, well, on that Sunday when Pastor Super is here, he's going to preach in the 1030 service, and then we're going to have a special service at 530, and we're calling it a soaking service. I don't exactly know how all that 530 service is going to look, because here's what I have asked Pastor Super who, for those of you that don't know, was raised in the Ivory Coast of Africa. He was raised in the missionary's home. He has seen it all. He has dealt with voodoo, black men. He's dealt with it all. And uh, he, he understands the moving in the spirits of this world as well as the spirit of the kingdom. And uh, I have asked him to come and just lead us. We'll have some worship to set the atmosphere, but then we're just turning it over. I don't know if he's going to preach, teach, but here's what I believe that is happening, and that's what is in my spirit is a soaking service is the latter and the former rain together coming down upon us. And what I mean by that for this church is the former rains that were here from 1996 to 2017 and the former rain which is in this sanctuary and what we have done, all of that's getting ready to be dumped on us in totality to where we're not wading ankle deep or knee deep but it is going to overwhelm us from head to toe, and the song that says, just let me get out into the deep where my feet can't touch, is getting ready to happen. All right? So hang on tight. Enjoy the journey. There's things that are happening. And God is doing it in a mighty, mighty, mighty way. And uh, and, and so today we're, we're taking the next step. Uh, would you just bow your head with me just for a moment before we go in to the word of the Lord Jesus? You have called this church, and we have responded with a resounding yes. Now lead us and guide us. Fill me up and pour me out upon your people today. Help us to be ready for that thing that you're doing in us, that you're preparing us for, that you're equipping us for, that you are making us ready to absorb into the kingdom that is to come here in just a couple of weeks, how that all plays out. Lord, we trust that you've got it all in control. We'll be careful to give you praise and glory and honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. It's gone. Remember, surrender. That one was, my wife even said, that one was kind of an exciting day because we wrote down on pieces of paper and got all excited about casting it at Jesus' feet. That felt good, didn't it? Then the next week, you didn't feel all that well. I talked about submission. But can I tell you, and, and 
I, I just need to state this because some of you were not here. I'm working on trying to figure out if either I'm going to burn it to DVD or something to get so everybody can hear that message. It's something that I didn't want to have on the airwaves for personal church reasons. And uh, But here's the underlying message of submission is when we live submitted to one another, we are living in the protection of God. Okay? So when we are living in a submission to one another, the enemy does not have free access to us. And when we are living under the uh, authority and submitted to the spiritual authority over us, it is a protection to us. Can I just tell you that some of the stuff that you are dealing with in the last couple of weeks, and I don't say this boastfully, but some of what you're dealing with is what I call the splash effect. What you're dealing with is the splash effect of what is happening to your pastor. And you don't always see it or you don't always hear it because I'm not going to share it because I don't want to give him more credit than he deserves. But the little splashes that you feel is something in the corporate sense you're feeling the after effects of what's hitting me. So those of you that have been courageous enough to step forward in prayer for me and my wife and my family, you have allowed yourself to get under an umbrella of protection, but even with that umbrella, you're going to get splash effects. And what ends up happening, and, and, and I only know this because I've been in the ministry since 1988. Somebody else will have to do the math. Wow, that was quick. 33 years. So that's how long I've been in the ministry, but I've only been the pastor for 12 and a half. The other whatever years, I was either an assistant or a youth pastor. I was under the umbrella of a pastor, and I learned firsthand when the pastor was being attacked by the enemy that the splash effect affected me as his assistant or as his youth leader. And, and when I understood that because of some teaching that I received, all of a sudden I understood that it wasn't really about me and it wasn't really about pastor. It was about what God was trying to do to the body and the pastor was absorbing some of it and the leaders were absorbing some of it. And the saints were absorbing some of it, but God in his divine protection sets up in a submissive atmosphere, sets up a protection of attack so that we can become effective. So don't stop praying for me. And I won't stop praying for you. And together we will step into something great and mighty. Then we talked about sight. What are we seeing? What are we looking at? Then we talked about sound. What are we hearing? And, and I feel today that we are going to preach on this topic subject. Are you salty? <laughs> Matthew chapter 5. One scripture there. Matthew chapter 5, verse number 13. You are the salt of the earth. But what good is salt if it has lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. Can I just tell you there are some in religiosity today that at one time were salty, but they've lost their flavor 
And because they lost their favor and they never went back to the salt fields to get it, they have become trampled underfoot and have become as worthless. They're just another social club. It's just another social gathering. It's just another get-together of people. My friend, Spirit of Grace Church can never allow itself to become another social club. We've got to be salty. We've got to go to where the salt is. We've got to go to him who provides the salt. Are you salty? Can I just tell you that salt is something that we have got to be in this day and age because the salt is the thing that defines for those that don't know the kingdom what the kingdom is all about. And Jesus is releasing you and I today from this passage of scripture to become the instruments of salt. And when we begin to be salty, we will attract the things of this world, not to us, but to the kingdom of heaven. And when they are attracted to the kingdom of heaven, all of a sudden they will begin to respond to the movement of the spirit and the kingdom of heaven will grow. Have you ever thought, and I'm going to get into the concept of salt here in just a minute, but have you ever wondered why, for those of you that know the story in the Old Testament, when Abraham prays to God to send somebody to release Lot from Sodom and Gomorrah, Lot and his family, and finally God sends a couple of angels to talk and to be a messenger to Lot and his family, saying, come on, you've got to get out of this city. This city's wicked and evil, and God is going to send judgment and fire and is going to consume them, but God is going to have mercy on you if you would just leave. And they fight with the angels to a certain extent until finally the angels, I think, almost just get tired of them and said, listen, are you going to come or not? And so Lot says, I'm going to come, but I don't want to go to the mountain. Lot was a master negotiator. He said, I don't want to go to the mountain, but just let me go to this little town over there. And so the angel said, fine, let's just get out of here because the fire is coming. You can settle in this little town over here. And the Bible says that as they were leaving, Lot's wife looked back on Sodom and Gomorrah and the moment she looked back, she turned into a pillar of salt. And Jesus uses this example in his teaching. He uses this, he just says it this way. Remember Lot's wife. There's something about her that turns into a pillar of salt. Now I understand why she was taken. I understand that she disobeyed what the angels told her. The angels said, don't look back, just get out. And she looked back, and the moment that she looked back, she became a pillar of salt. I believe she became a pillar of salt because she was disobedient to the word of God. I believe that she was disobedient to the word of God because her mind was still in Sodom and Gomorrah. She had gotten comfortable there. She had gotten uh, well-known there. The Bible says that Lot sat in the gates, which means he was in a place of prominence in these cities. And she was so connected to them that when they began to escape, 
she looked back and God said basically you can't serve two worlds you either have to come to my kingdom or you're going to dwell in that kingdom but you can't do both and so since you can't do both you're going to become a pillar of salt but here was my question to God this week why a pillar of salt why didn't you just strike her dead he did it to Ananias and Sapphira in Acts chapter 5 when they lied to the Holy Ghost instantly. And the elders had to carry him out of them. Instantly. Why did you do it different for Lot's wife? And the only thing that I can say, and I'm not telling you that this is God-breathed, anointed word. I can't tell you, I can't prove this in Scripture. This is just the sense that the Lord put into my spirit, and maybe it's just for this moment and this time. But could it be that she became a pillar of salt because for all the years that they dwelt in Sodom and Gomorrah, she didn't share her salt? Could it be? You have to remember who Lot and his wife and his family were. They were the nephew of Abraham, the chosen one of that was going to be a father of many nations. He was connected with the one that had a, a beeline to Almighty God. He had everything. And when they went into Sodom and Gomorrah, they didn't share the salt. But they let the city infect them. And when she turned back, the Bible says she became a pillar of salt. Could it be, could I suggest to you today, that had she spent more time sharing the salt when she was in the cities, when she got out of the city, she may not have turned into a pillar of salt. Just the thought. Don't want to challenge you or anything today. But what city are you dwelling in? And how much salt are you sharing? I don't want to get to the day where God looks at me and says, you didn't share enough salt, so I'm just going to make you salt. To this day, just on, I believe it's the southwest side of the Dead Sea, which in Scripture is also called the Salt Sea, there is a hill that the Israelites over there still call Lot's wife. Now, I don't know if that hill is really Lot's wife, but it's all salt. It has infected generation upon generation because she wouldn't listen to the word of God. Now, here's the reason why salt is used. When Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth, I did what anybody does that doesn't have a clue about what salt is. I began to research. And I found it interesting because I did not go to a scientific web page to get all of this. I went to a culinary page to get this. Because I, I, I felt in my research that I can give all of the sodium chloride and the breakdown of all of that, what it means and all of it when it comes together. But all that's powerful and all that's good, but that just tells you what salt is. It doesn't tell you what salt does. 
Likewise, I can take you to us who are the salt of the earth and I can give a scientific breakdown about your background and my background and this background and this and this and how you came from this and where you came from that. But it doesn't matter where we came from or what brought us together. All that matters is what do we do with us now? How do we share the salt in our areas of life now? How do we become salty now? Because if we're going to try to step into a new dimension of God, we can't do it blandly. We've got to do it full of salt. We've got to become salty. And there's several reasons that we have to become salty. The first one is preservation. Salt is a preservative. Salt is what they coat meat in so that the meat doesn't get rotten. And, and so if you look at Exodus chapter 23, verse 25, uh, it says you must serve only the Lord your God. If you do, is a condition. We always like to say, well, God's an unconditional. Oh, no, 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 he's not unconditional. His love is unconditional, but he's not unconditional. You must serve only the Lord your God. If you do, I will bless you with food and water and I will protect you from illness. Can I tell you what salt does? Salt is a preservative and why it's a preservative is because inside of salt, disease-carrying microbes cannot grow in salt. Listen. The Bible says if there's any sick among you, let them call for the elders of the church. Let them lay hands on them, let them lay hands on them and they shall recover. And that word sick isn't talking necessarily about physical sickness. It's talking about those that are weak and feeble. Here's what I believe. If we are going to be salty, we are going to be a preservative. That if you just get connected with the body of Christ, if the body of Christ is salty, then you will have a preservative added to your life that no matter what microbe tries to attack you, no matter what disease tries to come against you, it will not destroy you. You may struggle in the flesh. You may struggle in your body. But in your spirit, you will be victorious because the salt will preserve you. Let me just even be more bold. Do you want to know why a lot of people don't understand what taking communion is? Because they haven't read the passage that communion deals with. Communion deals with a body that's been divided. And because the body's been divided... There is disease and sickness and division and people are dying. And so Paul says when all that happens, you better get to the Lord's Supper and remember the body. Put it back together. Let it be united. Can I tell you when you and I unite in the salt of the spirit, when Jesus begins to move and lead us and guide us, all of a sudden those that walk into this place that are displaced, that are out of joint, that have dealt with sickness in the spirit and in the body. There is a preservative available when you begin to raise your hands and begin to worship him. The salt begins to get poured out and it becomes a preservative.
the second thing salt does is it gives us texture. Texture. Ephesians 3.18. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. Listen, God's not flatlined. God has texture. When you walk into the body that is salty, when salt becomes a part of your life, you gain the texture of the body of Christ and you begin to feel how high and how deep and how long and how wide. How do I know? Because I know some of your testimonies. I've seen what God has done. I've registered the length of how he's taken you. I have registered how high he has elevated you in the spirit. I have seen him take you to the deep roots of the word of God. I have seen, I have experienced, and I have felt it. Because when salt comes into your life, it gives you texture. It's the reason why we do things the way we do. It's the reason why we have different speakers and different and teachers, because we want to have different flavors and different textures. We want to have that which is crazy like me and a little bit more calm like Paul. But you want, but, but that's because there's texture to the things of God. Can I just tell you how boring it would be to go to a church where everybody's the same? I would lose my mind. I would lose my mind pastoring people that did everything exactly the same. How insane is that? But there are people all over the world that haven't tasted or haven't experienced the texture through the salt of the kingdom. Listen, my friend, God is trying to result. Re God is trying to use us to distribute some salt to the world. That's kingdom mentality. Salt is a flavor enhancer. Psalm 34 and 8. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste it. Can I tell you that if you put a little bit of salt on caramel, it brings out the sweetness of the caramel like it wouldn't if you didn't have the salt? Can I tell you what salt does? It enhances. Now, I'm not one that's big on adding salt to my food. I figure if they cook enough of it in there, it tastes well to me. But I live in a family that eats salt all the time. Can you get the salt and pepper? Salt enhances. Can I tell you what happens when we're salty enough? When we're salty enough, the sweetness of the spirit comes through. When we're salty enough, somebody walks into the house of God and they are not turned off by the salt, but the salt enhances the flavor of the Lord. And they can join us 
and taste and see that the Lord is good. I don't know about you, but I remember times throughout my life when life wasn't treating me very fairly, and it was a little bit sour, and it was a little bit troubling, and it was a little bit salty. But then I got attached to his salt. And the salt pulled out. I found it interesting that my wife used the example today. I can't remember what the one hand was, but the second hand was broccoli. Donut. On one hand, you have donut, sickly sweet. On the other side, you have broccoli. And I'm not going to tell you that I know this by, by myself. The website told me this. Culinary people will tell you that broccoli is considered to be a bitter vegetable. A bitter vegetable. And any chef of any quality will tell you if they add just a little bit of the salt to the broccoli, it takes away the bitterness of the broccoli. Can I just tell you the bitter things in your life, the bitterness is taken away when you step into a group of people who are salty, when the Holy Spirit is moving through us and distributing his salt, that root of bitterness that's trying to creep into you is automatically taken care of because a dash of salt will remove the bitterness from the flavor. Can I just tell you what we need to be as a church? There are people all across our region that are living a bitter-filled life. Everything has been turned upside down. There's anger. There's wrath. There's hatred. There's strife. All of those bitter things that are in this world, when they walk into the sanctuary of Spirit of Grace Church, there's got to be enough salt to remove the bitterness so they can hear what thus says the word of the Lord. And when the bitterness is taken away by the salt of the people, God has free access to their spirit. It's a flavor answer. It is a source of nutrients. Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28, this one may take me a second. Then Jesus said, come to me all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. I use that scripture because of the last statement. I will give you rest. Can I tell you what salt does as a source of nutrients? It helps to relax and contract the muscles. Salt is the thing that conducts nerve impulses. Salt is the thing that sustains proper balance. My friend, you're going to be out of balance when you're not connected to salty people. Why do we go up and down and in and out and frustrate? I'll tell you why. It's because you haven't had enough salt to regulate and balance out who you are. You haven't had enough salt to relax your nerves. How many have ever gone to sleep and you just couldn't get settled? You just couldn't because your muscles just kept twitching. They, well, I'll tell you what the doctors will tell you. A lot of that has to do that you had not had enough salt 
right and balance that which is going on. I'll just be honest with you, and I know I'm a preacher, but I don't know how anybody can make it without church. And I'm not talking about online church. Online church is good for a season. It's needed if we can't be but there is some that's there's a reason why the writer of Hebrews said, Don't forget the assembling of yourselves together. Because you don't even realize. Can I just tell you that this week I had some home cooked meals and I don't know how much salt was put in or not put in, but I know that when I ate it, it tasted really, really good. And so I'm assuming that there was some salt. You may not understand your intake of salt when you gather together with the body of believers, but I promise you, when the Holy Spirit begins to move, salt is released and balance is given, whether you realize it or not. It's the reason why if you come here together, I'd love to be able to pat myself on the back and say, it's my preaching that relaxes you, but I know better. <laughs> I'd love to tell you that it's the music, but I don't know about you. By the time I'm done worshiping, and believe me, I try to worship as strong as I preach with you while you're worshiping. I'm worn out before I get up here. So it's not the praise, it's not the music, it's not the preaching. Then why do I feel so much more relaxed when I leave the building than when I came into the building? Can I tell you why? I've been among some salty people. And the dimension that God is leading us into, we've got to be salty. Hope. <laughs> no, I couldn't see the clock, so you don't have it. <clears throat> no, I'm just teasing. Salt is a binder. Salt is something that holds things together. Ephesians chapter 4. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Listen, salt is the thing that holds the body together. It's the thing that holds things together. Again, when chefs go to begin to cook and they want something to stay together, they add a little bit of salt because salt is a binding agent. Do I dare say that when you and I gather together, it's the saltiness of who we are in the spirit that we become united in one God, in one mind, in one accord. And when we are in the oneness of one accord and one mind, just like Acts chapter 2, suddenly there comes a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. When you and I are connected together, God begins to do something beyond our imagination. Here's how I know. There's a whole bunch of languages in the world. 
And they all began in Genesis chapter 11. You have to read this sometime on your own or you'll never get home today. But in Genesis chapter 11, the Bible says that the people gathered together in Shinar and they began to build a tower. And they, 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 they wanted to build a tower to get to heaven. Can I tell you there was nothing wrong with them building a tower to get to heaven. We're all trying to get to heaven. But then they made one statement and that statement caused God to take attention or make attention. And, and that statement was this. And let us draw a name unto ourselves. And when God heard that, he said, okay, I got to go have a visit. And the Bible says he stepped down. And here's what he said. He said this. The people are one. And their voice is one. So now because of that oneness, there is nothing that they cannot do that their imagination will let them do. Can I just tell you, if somebody does something evil, and if they get so united that God has to come down and confound their tongues because their imagination is the only thing hindering what they can accomplish, what would happen if a group of people on Woodcrest Drive got together and united under the auspices of the Holy Ghost and began to move in one direction, in one mind, in one voice? When God begins to show up, he's going to say it's not about drawing a name unto themselves, but they're releasing the kingdom. And now not even their imagination can hold it back. When we are united in the salt of the spirit, when we are salty people, the imagination that God places in us is free to roam. Listen, I don't know what God is all going to do, but it will not surprise me if we have to have three or four more buildings in the area with five or six more services. I don't know what all is going to come past. I don't know how it comes, but when God begins to do something, he changed the entire landscape of the world in a moment of time when he confounded the tongues. What will he do through us? Bind us together. Oh God. Bind us together. Listen, we are unlocking a new dimension. We can't do it like we've always done it. We have stepped into an anointing in this church. I am humbled by it. I am strengthened by it. I am excited about it. I'm also a little fearful. Because I don't know what's getting ready to happen. But my prayer is, God, that kingdom come. That will be done. Can I tell you what else salt is? This is really appropriate for the day and age. Salt is a color enhancer. Oh my. Psalm, or Revelation, I'm sorry, 5-9. And they sang a new song with these words. You are worthy to take the scroll and 
break its seals and open it. For you were slaughtered, and your blood has ransomed people for God from every tribe, every language, every people, and every nation. Can I tell you the prophecy that was shared over this church at the very first groundbreaking on this property? The prophecy came forth. The lady's not even with us anymore. But as they shoveled the first bird in the dirt and they began to flip it over, the power of God came over and she began to prophesy over this church and said, as many colors are in that dirt, I'm going to plant seeds in this church. Can I tell you we are going to be a multicultural church? Because we are a multicultural people. There is no color, there is no creed, there is no people, there is no nation. We are all one in Christ Jesus. From the youngest to the oldest, black, yellow, black, and white, we're all precious in his sight. Can I tell you, there should never be a black church, a white church, an Asian church, a Russian church. There should just be the church. And at Spirit of Grace Church, we are just the church. There is no color nor creed. There is no age requirement. There is no societal background requirement. I don't care if you have a doctor degree or you didn't graduate from grade school. It doesn't matter who you are. All are welcome because we're salty people. And if we're salty people, it will promote and maintain color. Listen. I am so happy to be a Liberian pastor. I'm happy to be a Nigerian pastor. I'm happy to be a German pastor. I'm happy to be a Swedish pastor. I'm a Norwegian pastor. I'm an English pastor. I'm an Irish pastor. It doesn't matter who comes through the door. I'll be your pastor. Just come on into the kingdom because for such a time as this, God is releasing the church to be salt shakers. Can I tell you some of what we're experiencing in this church 
is because I have stood in the afterglow, in the aftersplash of the anointing of God over my leaders. By the way, he's coming October 3rd. Hallelujah. Dr. Brassman will be here October 3rd. You don't want to miss it. The last thing salt does that I want to share with you today is that it is a healing agent. It is a healing agent. Canker sores. The best treatment for canker sores is salt. And the best way, though most of us probably can't handle it, is to put salt directly on the canker sore. Not just mixing it in water and swishing it around, but putting the salt right on it. It stings like fire for a moment. Listen, when God steps into your life, it's going to sting for a second. It's going to sting for a second. Read Mark chapter 9. When the salt touches you, the Bible says you will be salted. And not assaulted, but just salted. But it will sting for a moment. It may hurt for a little bit. Listen, I don't like somebody telling me to submit. I don't like somebody telling me to surrender. I don't like somebody telling me to, listen, I've dealt with it all week. You're getting it here in 25, 30 minutes. I've dealt with this all week, every week for the last month. I'm just telling you the conversations that I've had with God are minuscule to what you've had with me. I'm just telling you that when it came to submission, God had to have some conversations with this boy. And when I had finally got to the conclusion of it, I said, Lord, if that's what it takes, I submit it all to you. It stings for a minute. Migraines are reduced by salt intake. I don't mean to be gross, but ingrown toenails are taken care of by salt. Can I just tell you how painful those things can get? It's hard to walk. It's hard to move. But when you put some salt into it, it begins to heal almost immediately. Can I just tell you, some of you have been limping in the spirit. Some of you, every step you have taken has been painful. So you've been uncomfortable because you don't know what's going on. Can I just tell you, you just need to get a little bit of salt. And the salt will take care of the pain. And it will release the infection from your feet. And you'll begin to walk normally. And not only will you begin to walk, but in the spirit, you might just begin to run a little bit. The stuffy and the runny nose just kind of covers it all. Psoriasis and eczema. Salt takes care of that. Can I tell you that some of us have walked around with spiritual psoriasis? And we've tried to cover it up, and we've tried to hide it because it doesn't look very good. It's a blemish that we're not sure about. We don't want people to look at us any differently than they normally look at us. And, and we, when we try to hide the blemish, and we try to hide that thing that's in, can I just tell you, stop hiding it and take a salt shower. Stop hiding it and begin to apply the salt of the Spirit. Heartburn. Salt takes care of heartburn. Thank you, Lord. It takes care of bug bites and stings. Have you been bitten by some bugs this week? 
have things in this world mess with you a little bit, can I just say, get into the salt. <laughs> and when you come together, the bug bite dissipates and the sting kind of lets up. And in fact, it says it this way in scripture, oh death, where is your sting? If the sting of death is removed, the sting of an insect is removed. If the sting of death is removed, the sting of a pest is removed. That thing that has been bugging you, that thing in the side that's been just fighting and scratching and itching and visible, I'm just telling you, if you get just a little bit of salt of the spirit and attach it to that, in no time you'll begin to feel the freedom of movement and the itch will go away and the inflammation will go away and you'll stand whole in the presence of God. Tired feet. You wouldn't think it's salt, but that's what Epsom is. Tired feet. How many have been weary? Get some salt. I like this one. Bad breath. Get some salt. Are you salty today? God is trying to saltify us. Well, Pastor, what does it mean then to share salt? How can I not be like Lot's wife? Can I tell you, this is not being salty. Finding your neighbor and looking at them and saying, you've got to come to church with me. you got to come to church. If you don't come to church, do you know that you're going to split hell wide open if you don't come to church with me? That's not being salty. That's dumping a truckload of salt. And too much salt will turn you off in a heartbeat. Can I tell you what being salty is? When you live your life in such a way that is compelling to those that are around you, that when they begin to see what you're going through and the attitude that you go through it with, and they reach out to you and they say, listen, I don't know, there's something different about you as you're dealing with it. What's different? I'll tell you what's different. I've got a little bit of salt in it. I'll tell you what's different. I've got a savior. I've got a friend named Jesus. Can I just tell you the old-fashioned way of barging down the door doesn't work anymore? We've got to just be a little bit salty. Just live your life salty and just release it to them. Listen, that goes against everything I was raised on. I was raised on, unless you went into the highways and byways and twisted their arm and pulled them to church and got them to come through the doors and lay hands on them, then you weren't doing your job. The problem is, is that's not in Scripture. Well, he that wins souls is wise. How do you win a soul? I don't know about you, but I go to restaurants that have good food and good service. And I'm going to continue to go to restaurants that have good food and good service. And if there is an occasional meal that's not very good, it doesn't mean I've just X'd them off the list and I'm never going to give it another shot. Give me a week. I'll check it back out. Salty. Because when people see the salt and experience the salt, they get thirsty. 
And when they get thirsty, we can say, well, Jesus says this, all you who thirst, let him come to me and I will give him drink. Would you stand in the presence of God? I had mercy on our cleaners today. Because I'll tell you what I wanted to do. I wanted to bring some salt shakers and just start shaking some salt on them. In all honesty, I should have done it. You wouldn't have forgotten the message. Where God is leading us cannot be church as usual. We have got to put the best prime rib forward. We've got to put the best seafood platter forward. Whatever food people like, that's what we've got to put forward. We've got, to, we've got to live an attractive life, a salty life, so that people will respond to who we are. If I pulled most of you here today, there would only be a few of you that said, I came to God simply because somebody was pestering me so much. There's a few that, that that's how you'll come. My grandmother bugged my dad so much, until he finally says, fine, I'll take Tim to church. That doesn't work with most people. But how many people have we heard that have stepped into this church and said, man, there's something real about this. I sense the love of the people. Can I tell you that that's not manufactured? That's salt. And when we go into our workplace tomorrow, or into the grocery store, or into the neighborhood. Let's be salty. Here's what I want us to do. More than anything, I'm just going to ask everybody. If you're a guest here today, well, you're done being a guest. You're just one of us. We just want you to just be a part of us. But would you just step out of your seat and either into an aisle or come up here around the front. Just everybody, just, just make a move real quick. You're not committing to anything. You're just changing positions since all of you could stand more than one week out of your stall. My wife brought it up before I could. She noticed the same thing. We made it easy on Elena again this week. All return to your seats. Salt makes an impact when we don't even realize the impact it has made. And here's the thing is we can't allow 
the impact of who we are as salt to wait until we are not here to see the effects of the salt. What God is doing is elevating this church to be a lighthouse whose light is salty. The next verse of Matthew is, you are the light of the world. You're the salt of the earth and the light of the world. I had somebody tell me last week, somebody that's been around the church their entire life, looked at me and said, I've never experienced it like this. What we've been in the last couple weeks, last week especially. I've never experienced what I experienced in the presence of God. More than one person actually said that. What does that mean? Does that mean we're better than anybody else? Oh, no, no, no. That just means we're stepping towards the salt mines. And God is beginning to apply some salt. Here's what I want us to do. The only way that salt gets into the shaker is if it's poured into the shaker. And the only way that salt gets in the shaker and doesn't spill everywhere is if you have a funnel. So what I'm going to do as I begin to pray, I'm going to ask you to create a natural funnel and it be symbolically spirit or spiritually symbolic of him beginning to pour salt into you. So would you raise your hands in funnel form and just begin to receive the salt that God is wanting to put into you. Jesus, by the authority of the word of God and the power that's in the blood of the Lamb, Lord, you have called this church to a church to be a church of surrender, a church of submission, a church of sight, a church of sound, and now you are calling us to be a church of salt. And I am asking you right now, Begin to pour your salt in us from the top of our heads to the sole of our feet. Give us hearts to receive, minds to understand, spirits to embrace the salt that you are placing in us. Because God, we want the salt that's in us to go from us and to be in the order of someone else so that they can experience not me, not my spirit, not my anointing, but God, I want them to experience you. I want them to see you in me. Lord, I want the salt that I carry be applied to their lives so that they recognize who you are and understand the kingdom that we're a part of. For this world is not my home, I'm just passing through. Lord Jesus, but bring your kingdom down right now. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, let it pour right now in Jesus' name. Fill to overflowing, press down, shaken together, and running over. In your name, O Lord, in your name, O Lord, in your name, O Lord, in your name, O Lord. God, I now come against every sickness and every disease. Lord, your salt is a preservative and a healer. I come against every hindrance. I come against every feebleness. 
I come against every wickedness. Lord, I'm asking you to apply your salt right now to that disease. Dry it up, oh God. Minister to it right now, oh Lord. Kill the infection. Lord, protect us from the microbes of the evil one. And allow us to be holy and pure and righteous in your sight. By your word and your power, oh God. I'm asking you right now, Lord, to make us flavorful. I'm asking you, Lord Jesus, to give us the texture of your spirit. Lord, I'm asking you to pour in your nutrients. I'm asking you to bind us together with cords that cannot be broken. Bind us together with the power of your spirit. Unite us, oh God, I pray. Let us be one mind, one accord, one spirit, one baptism, one Lord. And Father, and all who is above all and in us all, Almighty God. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would enhance our color from every creed, every race, every culture. Draw them, I pray, into this house, O oh Lord. Give us the tools necessary to meet the needs of every culture, O oh God. Expand our boundaries, O oh Lord. Lord, just like Jabez prayed of old, Lord, expand my territory. Move us and shape us, O oh God. Don't let us get locked into our small mindset, but open up the mind of your spirit and let it be revealed to each one this week. Lord, what is the height, the breadth, the length, and the depth thereof? Oh God, I pray in Jesus' name. Let it be so. Let it be so. Let it be so. Let it be so. If you are in agreement, just begin to pray, amen, amen, amen. Let it be so. Let it forever be established, oh God. Let it forever be established, oh God. Let it be forever established, oh God.
is an old-time preacher, one of my favorite preachers of all time. He preached a message, yeah, this must be almost 30 years ago now, but the title of it was Unexplainable Yet Undeniable. There are things that are getting ready to happen in our midst that are unexplainable but undeniable. And the more we lean on him and the more we follow him, the more unexplainable it's going to get, but there's going to be no denying that it's him because it's so much bigger than who we are. So much bigger than who we are. I want to challenge you this week to look at yourself in the mirror. And look at yourself and say these words. He trusts me for this hour. He trusts me for this hour. I wasn't born in 1900. I was born in 1970. I wasn't born in 1654. Otherwise, I'd go Randy that long. <laughs> he just had a birthday this week. No, but here's what I'm saying: is we get this mentality that Simon Peter and the Apostle Paul and all the, the the people of the Bible were so much better than us because God used them. No, 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 no. God didn't trust them for this hour. He trusted them for that hour. And I'm thankful that they came through. But should the Lord tarry 50, 100, 150, 200 years down the road, should he tarry? I don't think he's going to tarry that long. But if he does, I want somebody to walk into a church and say there were some people in 2021 that decided to get a hold of God. And they may not be the greatest preacher or the greatest teacher or the greatest evangelist or the greatest prophet or whatever. But they were used of God and they shed their salt. And because of that salt, it touched my great-great-grandfather. And my great-great-grandfather passed it on to my grandfather. And my grandfather passed it on to my father. And now I'm trying to pass it on to my kids. Because that's how it all works. God trusts us for this hour. You are here for this hour. You don't have to try to qualify yourself. You're alive now. And since he orders time, he trusts you for this hour. In Jesus' name. When you look in that mirror this week, say, I am salt. I am light. I don't have to just become it. I already am it. Because he's declared it. I want you to notice that, in, 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 and then I'm done, and in, in, then we'll leave. <laughs> but Jesus said in Matthew 5, 13, he didn't say, you shall become the salt of the earth. And he didn't say, you shall become the salt of the earth, with a question mark. He made a declarative statement. You are the salt of the earth. That means the earth has nothing on me. The world has nothing on me. I'm his. I have to remind myself in the mirror every once in a while. 
because the world will eat me up, spit me up, chew me down. But I am salt. And if somebody's going to chew me up and spit me out, it's going to be because they had too much salt of the Spirit. And it's going to make them thirsty. I've seen it happen too many times. Somebody gets on my nerves and I don't respond to them. They come around with a... Uh, it, it, it happened when I was in the postal service. I never went into the post office preaching the gospel. I just lived my life. And I had people that just didn't like me. But eventually when trouble came their way, you want to know whose case they went to first? Hey, Tim, I know you're a preacher and... And my wife was in a car accident. Can you just pray for us? You just cussed me out yesterday. Now you're wanting me to pray? Why? Because as they were cussing me out, they were intaking some salt. So live it this week. In Jesus' name. I don't mean to put him on the spot, but there's an anointing on Bradley. Bradley, I'm going to ask you, would you just dismiss us in prayer today? Can I bow your hands again? Lord God, we thank you so much just for your love for us. We thank you so much that you have chosen us to be your children. Lord, we thank you so much for the gift of your son and for his forgiveness for us. That we would go out and we would forgive others. That we would look at others with the love and the compassion that you have for us, Lord. Lord, we bless this church in your name. We bless your people. We love you in your son's precious name. Amen. Praise the Lord, my church family.